Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. And hello, world! Hi, world. How's it going? How is everyone doing today? I hope it's all rainbows and fucking sunshine. Puppies. Yeah. Just puppies and unicorns. Puppies and unicorn poop. Yeah. I mean, it's cotton candy, right? I think so. Definitely. And Or, or rainbows. Yeah, and then their snot is probably just simple syrup. Yeah? Yeah. And their vomit is... Jelly beans. Grass. (laughs) Jelly beans and grass. Jelly beans and grass, because that's what they eat. (laughs) (sighs) Off to a great start. Off to a great start. Of course. Speaking of happy things, Hannah, did you have anything nice... We don't have anything really episode-related to talk about this week. We racked our brains so hard for five minutes, (laughs) y'all. We couldn't think of anything. So we decided to go with happy. Hannah, tell me something happy that happened this week. I drove to see a friend of mine in Hendersonville. Hi, Cheyenne, if you're listening. Um, Oh, hi, Cheyenne. Um. We went to Ross. She picked out some clothes. I picked out some canvases. <clears throat> she had nice new clothes for her modeling shoot. And I had a canvas that I painted on. I painted a tree of sorts with, like, sunset colors in the background and, like, shady grass. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. really proud of it. I'm really proud of it. Like, I didn't, you know, take the time to sketch it out. Um, as my friend Abby did, she sketched out her painting. Um, I just started and it turned out a tree. (laughs) You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do. I just started and I ended up with a tree and I was like, that's great. You do tend to like trees in your painting. I've drawn so many trees. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. But specifically dead trees. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like winter trees. You're not a fan of summer, spring, fall you, foliage. You so meticulous if you want to do leaves. I mean, you could like, if I had a sponge, I could just like sponge like Bob Ross, you know, some bushy leaves. But uh, I didn't. I had I had just regular tiny paint brushes. So I actually know him. Um, you know that painting place my wife and I found, and we made that very pretty gay uh heart made out of trees and the rainbow color like seriously it was legit gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh all those leaves we made in the rainbow color were made with just a smaller acrylic brush that we just like punched onto the canvas and it had a really nice leaf effect yeah yeah and that was a really cool effect and it and as you saw it was a very pretty picture 
Ooh, yeah. Hannah, this could be our first multimedia post. Why don't we post the pictures of our paintings? <laughs> So people can know what we're talking about. Absolutely. I'll share a picture of my painting. I'll share the picture of mine and my wife's gay-ass painting. Hell yeah. Hannah's gets more credit, though, because she actually, from her own creation and imagination, free-formed the shit out of uh, this picture. My wife and I went to a step-by-step, here's how you paint, and here's a beer for your troubles. (laughs) Nice. Date night kind of thing. Uh, very nice. It's always good to have a little more artwork in your life. Where are you going to hang yours? Uh, right now, it's just leaned up against the wall on my bookshelf. That works. Uh, I would like to put it up. I just have to decide where. We talked about this. We talked about this before when you get something new and you are you just like sit there mm-hmm. for a while before you decide where to put it. You're like, I can't commit. I can't commit. For me, the trouble always has been I'm wary of punching the holes in the space I don't rent. I mean, sorry, I rent, not I don't own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even here, like, we're going to be rent, we're renting from friends, and I'm still nervous, like, what if they're bad at me for hanging things up? <laughs> um, Our apartment, it says as long as the hole is smaller than a dime, you're okay. And so I have, like, tacks in the wall holding up my posters. That's a good rule of thumb. All right. A rule of thumb. As long as your thumb can't fit through the hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're you're pretty much good. Or maybe a pinky. If your pinky can't fit through the hole. The rule of pinky. What what rhymes with hole? (laughs) Soul. Toll. As long as your pinky doesn't fit through the hole, you won't have to pay the toll. Yay! We did it! We did it! Yay! Tell me something nice that happened to you this week. Or you did this week. Oh my gosh, I am so, so happy. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned a Cheyenne because my happy involves a Cheyenne too. Ooh! Yes! So it had been... The surprise was supposed to be for last week because I was having a really bad crappy week. And it was, and then when the surprise couldn't happen, it just got crappier and crappier. It was just a crappy time. And my darling wife was like, my wife is so unhappy and I want to take care of her. So, um, she made me promise that my next day off, I wouldn't plan anything. I would have all my work done beforehand so that I could just like be available. And so she took me to the zoo, the Cheyenne Zoo. Aww. And anybody who knows me knows I just love zoos. Good zoos, not the shitty zoos where an animal is kept in like a five by five cage. I'm looking at you, Japan. But this particular zoo is really awesome. There's so many animals just left to wander free along the mountaintop and they have so much space. Exactly, like little habitats for them. And it's really focused on conservation, blah, 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 all that beautiful shit. Anyways, what made me happy wasn't just going to the zoo, but we get there to the zoo, and we're lining up to go get our tickets. And it's a really long line, so I have time to think. And we're, there's four lines, and two of them are double purpose. You can just be a visitor or you can be a member. And... I was looking like, why did we specifically come to this line? You know, that line was first. I think it was maybe shorter when we got here, but oh well, maybe like has a question to ask, you know, and 
she had said she'd bought the tickets ahead of time, so okay. Which, now that I think about it, can you even buy zoo tickets ahead of time? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. Anyways, so the whole time I'm wondering why we are in this line specifically, but then I finally dismiss it. I'm like, you know what? She I, She's better at gauging lines than I am, so <laughs> let it go. And then we get up to the front, and it's our turn, and she says, hi, we just signed up for a membership, and I'm just like, what? What? And I immediately ran to the poster that shows what you get for membership and just started being like, I get this, and I get this, and I get this. <laughs> and here's a double reason why I'm so excited. Cheyenne Zoo, not cheap. Like, Ooh. of the zoos I've been to, uh, it's like $25 a person. Uh, so, you know, for two people to go, that's 50 bucks right there before you've yeah. done anything else. That's 50 bucks straight out the gate. Um, heaven forbid, you're like, hey, come with us to the zoo. We've got you. And then you're paying $7,500 just to go in and look at some animals. I mean, not, okay, I'm, I'm downplaying it because, yes, there are, like, rhinos and gorillas and shit in there. They cost money. I get it. Yeah. But anyways, but this membership is $100. <laughs> So I might as well just pay a hundo, and then I get him free all the time. So I was like, my dear wife, this is the best. Thank you so much. Um, so now I get to go whenever I fucking want for free, and I get to bring a guest with me for the next year. Oh, lovely. Lovely, I know, right? It's not finished yet, Hannah. So then we get in, and we go to the guest shop. We wanted to get some water, and uh, my wife is looking, and she's like, hey, you need to get another giraffe thing while we're here. And I was like, oh, but I already bought a giraffe thing last time we were here. And she's like, well, no, you need to get one now because they just gave birth to a baby giraffe here. And I'm like, what? There's a baby giraffe? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait. So it's like, all right, let's. And she's like, let's do some shopping. I'm like, no, let's buy our water and go see the baby. <laughs> and another great thing about this zoo is you can pay $5 and you get all this fucking cabbage uh, that, or Roma, uh, Roma lettuce, whatever, some kind of yeah. greenery. And you get to actually feed the fucking giraffes from your own fucking hand and you could feel their tongues wrap around your fingers and you could pet their noses and their faces and oh I love it and before she lets me go feed the giraffes so she sits me down on the bench and she says I have one last surprise for you I'm like oh my god what we're already married what are you gonna do I know and so she has me open my email and in my email it says thank you so much for adopting an animal and so my wife adopted a giraffe in my name so Aww. i don't know specifically which giraffe is my baby yet but i'm officially a giraffe mommy congratulations that's amazing okay. yes yeah, so i'm hoping fingers crossed it's the baby i mean come on the timing right right but it that's doesn't matter that's my that's baby, my baby. <laughs> It doesn't matter which giraffe I get because they're all beautiful in my eyes. Aww. I know. So it was a very, very happy day at the zoo for me. And my next day off, I do fully intend to go back to the zoo just to walk around and, I don't know, get exercise and just luxuriate in the fact that I am at the zoo and I didn't have to pay. 
Except I did kind of pay, but I paid for like a million future visits. I'm going to go every fucking week. I don't care what they say. Yay. Yay. <laughs> what a lovely tale. <laughs> That was a little more than I was expecting. I'm sorry. I was going to be like, yeah, five minutes. I got to go to the zoo. It was awesome. <laughs> this has been like 15 minutes gushing. Gushing. I had to build the story and the excitement and the drama. <laughs> well, we will not be short of any drama in this episode, Hannah. Oh, no. No, we won't. So let's leave the giraffes behind temporarily, even if they are God's unicorn. And let's get into Season 2, Episode 6, No Exit. So we got this recap. Oh, we got a recap? We got a recap. (gasps) Oh, that recap. You know, saving people, hunting things, the family business, and everything Ellen and Joe. Oh... Well, what do we need to know about Ellen and Joe, Hannah? I'll tell you what we need to know about Ellen and Joe. Dean is afraid of Ellen's punches. And we learn that the women of the roadhouse are hip to the hunter life. And that nice. Dean is afraid of Ellen's everything, actually. Everything. Mm-hmm. He is Just terrified of this woman. And with good reason. I-, I am a little scared of Ellen, but I also love her so much. She kind of reminds me of our mom sometimes. She's got that fierce mama vibe. Yes! I love it! It makes... Ah, yes. Yeah. And they also drop... I think the one shot I really, really loved in this recap is they're talking about how the Harvells know about the demons, and so they quickly show uh, Marble Eyes in Tessa, in John, in Janitor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like... If it's not confusing enough, here you go. Marble eyes can be anybody. So, now that we know what we're in for, we hop on over to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah? Which is a real place. Nice. And a real Mary Winchester type is worried about the wiring in her apartment. It's definitely not supernatural. It's definitely the wiring. Come and fix my wiring, my lamps, my lamps. And I love this woman because she is so assertive and awesome and yet polite. In fact, while I was watching this, I was thinking that our mom could use a little more of this woman inside of her. (laughs) My wiring is broken. Come fucking fix it now, please. Or I'll kill you. Thank you. She starts noticing some black goose splattering, and then it's even oozing out of her exposed light switch socket thing. Thing. Yeah, and she's like, one, gross. Two, this is just a further example of how my landlord has a fucked up idea of what move-in ready means. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Until... An eye is looking at her through the hole in the wall, and she screams us to the title cut. <gasps> I did notice. Yeah. This mofo's eye, when he's looking at her, it dilates. Ooh. He said, you sexy. Ooh. I'm aroused. No. My eyes are dilating. Stop it. 
And <laughs> as my pupils get bigger, so does my dick. No. <laughs> my ghost stick. No. <laughs> also, if you recognize this apartment, it's because you were going to see it in a few episodes in Crossroad Blues. I didn't recognize it, but, you know, there might be some fannier fans out there than us. Do you know what fanny means in England? Yes. Okay, just checking. We got some fannier fans out there. I was going to say the word, but then I thought better of it. (laughs) The Lord won't love me anymore if I (laughs) say vagina. (laughs) Well, no, the first word that came to mind was a different word for that word, so... Uh, the Lord and his son won't love me anymore if I say the word pussy. Not that word. I hate that word. Okay, the Lord and his son and the Holy Spirit won't love me anymore if I say the word cunt. Not that one either. Well, shit. Monkey box? Twat. Oh, twat. That, that's, that's the one that came to that's, mind. That's like purely a British term, I think. Twat. Twat. You know what word I don't like? What? Um, In Sons of Anarchy? You've watched that show, right? Yeah. When they call ladies gashes. Oh, and I hate that. Hate that. I mean, I get it. But it'd be like, if you're going to call some women gashes, why don't you call some boys just, like, sticks? <laughs> bunch of faggots. <laughs> you're a bunch of cigarettes. <laughs> you're not even a cigar. <laughs> Skinny little cigarettes. <laughs> what are those really skinny ones that they make? Ah, the Virginia Slims? Yes, you're a Virginia Slim. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why we tease boys about the size of their phallus. Mm-hmm. It's so mean. It is mean. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just how you use it. It's just the zones you hit, boys. It's the motion in the ocean. How you work your stick shift. No. Should I keep going or do you want Please to stop. fucking help us move on to this plot? <laughs> the boys are heading to who knows where. Um, by the way, the whole Katie Holmes thing, it's a reference to the in real life actress who at the time of this show had been dating a known Scientologist, Tom Cruise. You know, you know the guy? Uh, yeah, for about that a year. guy. Mm hmm. Yeah, Dean wants to go to L.A. to save Katie Holmes, and Sam thinks that it's bitchy. I mean, I think he just means, like, Dean's being bitchy about celebrities. Um. Yeah. Okay. He's he's making fun of a real person for, yeah. Having real problems. Um. Having real problems. Um, the roadhouse looks kind of small from the outside. Like, on the inside, it's like, you know, you have the big bar room, and there's, like, mm-hmm. the ba- storage room where they keep all the extra alcohol, and there's Dr. Mm-hmm. Badass's office. It looks really big on the inside, but it's, it's like the TARDIS. It's kind of The roadhouse is the TARDIS. I think it's... <laughs> the roadhouse is the TARDIS. <laughs> Who's Dr. Who, though? Who's the doctor? Ellen has to be the doctor. By the way, where did the boys sleep? Motels. What motel? They left the car at the roadhouse. In the apartment? They slept with Ash? Did they crash with Ash? Oh, maybe, yeah. Ash sleeps naked. Ooh. <laughs> Dean's comfortable with that, though. Dean is. Dean is comfortable with that. 
<laughs> All right, so what do these boys do? The boys overhear a mature discussion of a disagreement breakout in ah. the roadhouse. Like, like Ellen and Joe are having it out. And we hear a lot of, like, tidbits, like, information that, like, show so much about their character. Like, some Joe says she's like, I was just a freak with knives, with a knife collection. And, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, getting to see that side of Joe... I Looking like to see that side of both of them because they're not controlled and distant anymore. This is them emotionally involved in a situation, and it's very interesting. So the boys hear all this, and they, of course, think they have any reason to butt in and go, I don't know, mansplain family to them. Oh. And uh, and there's a family with Nebraska is for lovers t-shirts walk in on this, too. And everyone's faces are just <laughs> priceless. And as the family leaves, Sam and Dean give a look that's like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should get out of here. <laughs> but they're staying. Like, it's any of their business either. I know. It's so messed up. <laughs> uh, this was also the moment where I realized that we've never established where the roadhouse is. You know, but, no, I have no idea where it is. But based off of this suburban's it, cheesy matching family vacation shirts, it would seem we are in Nebraska, like you said. Vacation? Vacation, yeah. I mean, that's what we call yeah. it. I don't know what you call it. I love it. Uh, I love it. <clears throat> but Nebraska competes with Kansas for, like, the flattest portion of America. And having driven through Nebraska, I can tell you, when you see some place to stop, you stop because you don't know when the next time you will see a place is. So this poor family is like, thank heaven, a place where we can get some food and get out of the car and relax and pee or something. And something. they walk into this and they're like, I guess we will go drive another hour down the road to <laughs> put food in our bellies. Great. Find anything thank you. but this. <sighs> so the phone starts ringing, and Ellen and Joe, like, have a freaking stare down to see who's going to answer it. The obedient daughter or the woman who cares about her business? So Ellen answers the phone while Joe swivels and presents her case to the boys. Dean is scared of Ellen, but Ellen is, like, ten feet away, and Joe is being scary right now, too. So he takes a look at the case, and he's impressed. I mean, she's done her research, you gotta give her that, but the fact that she's also blonde, like the girls in the case, like, I, I would have picked up mm -hmm. on that too, like, hello. Um, <laughs> oh, did you notice, Kendall, that our victim's name, according to a newspaper clipping in this file, was Jane Edwards. She was 23. I did not notice that. Okay. Um, oh. Is that she, significant? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. You just, okay, you're just, okay, you're proud. I'm proud of you, too. <laughs> I just, <laughs> what an I just eye for it. detail. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah could be a super spy, a super detective. She could be a hunter. <laughs> ah, but Dean is most impressed because Joe did all this research herself. Like, he freaking thought that Ash did it all. And she's like, no, it was all me. I did it. Yep. And, uh... She's hoping that if they validate her case, that her mom will just have to respect it. 
But I mean, fair. No, That's a good strategy. She tells the boys to take it because she's already... But Ellen says no. She tells the boys to take it because she's already lost a husband. She ain't losing a daughter, too. Uh-uh. And no one can really argue with that. So the boys hit the road. One, when Ellen called Joe, Joanna Beth. <laughs> I really like such that. Such a cause, mom. Because she's such a mom. My mama calls me Hannah Beth. And Ellen, Ellen being a mama bear just gives me life. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I never really pieced together that you and Joe share a last name. I mean, sorry. <laughs> you share a last name. Did you guys know that? Hannah Harvell. No, no that is not my last name, but I'll take it. Uh, it it's got a good ring to Hannah it. Beth it's Harvell. alliterate. Hannah Beth Harvell. <laughs> We've looked in the last. We looked in the last. I love it. I mean, he literally says, we've gone on the road for less. <laughs> I mean, he's like, just in the last few weeks, we've looked into less. <laughs> Remember just that dead grass we looked into? <laughs> well, they do hit the road and they do go find the apartment. And Sam is feeling a little guilty once they're on the case because... They didn't do any of this work. And in fact, Joe's research is a damn sight better than any of the research they've ever done. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, she's done all this work. Is it really fair for us to swoop in? And... But you know what? She's just being a really good man of letters. Oh, yeah. Right? I hated when Dean was like... Did you see her out here working one of these things? I don't think so. Like, yes. I can see her doing this. She's freaking badass. Did you see her research? Yeah, I know. He's just being a patronizing fuck who thinks that unless you've been literally raised in it since birth, or you've already got a few kills under your belt, ba- bre- blah, 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 got a few kills under your belt, you got aren't really worthy of attention. Ba- la, la. Got some kills under my belt. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, he he's treating Joe like a child, and mm-hmm. it's very irritating. Well, at the apartment, they find some ectoplasm. We see this so Sam much. Sam finds goo. Ectoplasmic goo. Ectoplasmic goo. They do, however, have the good grace to admit that this shit is rare. <laughs> Sam's seen ectoplasm twice. When and where? Yeah. Yeah, I, that, I, that caught me too. I was like, Sam. Sam, honey. That's when. <laughs> You didn't actually do hunting, per se, that we are aware of, because any flashback clip, we don't see Sam ever doing any hunting. Oh, yeah. Right? Never. So, he started hunting when, when Dean, Dean came, came and, got, and him. got him to school. Mm-hmm. So, have they been doing solo hunts in the meantime? It, it should have been Dean. We've only seen this twice. Writers, yeah. check your shit. Yeah. Proofread this shit. Where's, where, where are George R. R. Martin's proofreaders? Where, where are you guys? Come read this. You guys. They wouldn't let this slide. So, they're going to go hunt a ghost. And apparently it's a super pissed ghost because only the burst of ghosts put out ectoplasm. Which really makes you wonder why we haven't ever seen it again because we've seen some pretty fucking angry ghosts. But alright. Alright, alright. They're out in the hallway, and they hear the super coming. So they're like, oh, we're going to hide in this doorway. Yeah. <laughs> Great hiding spot. They'll never but find who... us here. 
<laughs> you didn't see anything. <laughs> Just smiling away, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but who should they hear discussing her future lease but Joanna Beth Harvell? And at this point, Big Brother Dean is like, you know what, it wasn't that good of a hiding spot. What are you doing here, young lady? And she quickly recovers with that, oh, there you are, I was my boyfriend, and blah, 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 blah. But then she kind of immediately, I don't know if she ruins it or if Dean ruins it. But she, no, she definitely ruins it because she's like, oh, have you already seen the apartment? Which they shouldn't have been able to see because it should have been locked. But then Dean yeah. further ruins it by saying, yeah, we saw it. And then the super is confused. Wait, and it's like, how'd you get uh, in? What? Uh. And by the way, the actor who plays Landlord is going to be back in season eight in Heartache. Oh, I think I'm, maybe. I might know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. If I remember the episode Heartache correctly, there were some hearts. Out oh. of bodies. Oh, was heartache? No, um, the not the Looney Tunes one. No, Looney Tunes was a Latin name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huntress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hunters Hederici, something like that. A hero, heroic hunters, basically. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Anywho, anyway. that is like five years from now. They quickly steer the conversation, distracting the landlord back to why the apartment's available in the first place. And Joe's like, hey, here's $5,000 cash. It's not suspicious at all. I'll take the room starting fucking now. Yeah, she throws out a lot of cash for an apartment she's only going to use for a couple of days. She's she's basically just paying to work this case. I know. I, I It's a really bad profit margin, <laughs> is yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> Like, I'm okay. like, honey, you, you can't afford to... dollars to save one life. That's how much... Sorry. I mean, I'm not going to say that that one life wasn't worth $5,000, but I, mean, I kind least. of agree. I kind of agree with Ellen at the end of this when she says you have no sense for this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. She could have just broken in like the boys did. <laughs> yeah. Or something. But you know what? It did give them free range. Free reign? Free range? They were able to just walk around the whole building without being questioned about why they were there. So, you know, maybe it was worth it, but hey, maybe next time just throw down a card <laughs> and be like, here, you, I'll give you a check at the end of the month. <laughs> but anyways. Dean doesn't think she should lie to her mom or be here, but she is, so he's got to deal with it. Uh, Sam questions hmm. where she got the money. Probably up on his moral high ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're both giving her a hard time. Dean more like Sam's just curious about the money because his well, eye is always on the money. She says and she how it. legit it is. She says she got it at the roadhouse, but Dean knows hunters don't tip that well, and Joe says they're not good at poker either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I wonder if Sam approves of taking money from hunters. Probably. Maybe. I mean, it's all scam money in the end. Yeah. Which means her PBRs have got to be even fucking cheaper than we can imagine. I'm really Man. proud of Joe, though. She's got the research. Ash is a cheap date. She's got the knives, and she knows how to hustle. She's practically a hunter already. She just needs a kill under her blah blah blah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Or a case solved, you know? (laughs) We all just need an accomplishment under our blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Okay, so their argument is... What was it, an argument? Yeah, they were kind of arguing. Uh, Mm It's cut short because of Dean's shitty ringtone that I actually had at one point. Um... (laughs) Pot, kettle, same color much? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Dean lies to Ellen about Joe, and she believes him. My heart. I know, the whole thank you, hun. Especially with what we learned at the end of the episode. It's like... Oh, she, she really tried. gave them a fresh slate. Yeah, she, she trusted really them. Tried. And they fucked Aww. it up with their lying. They're lying. <laughs> Having gotten her way, Joe and the boys get down to work. They're confused as to why those deaths are happening. Nothing spooky has happened here in a long time, even if Dean doubts her research skills. So Sam suggests an object? Hmm. And she's like, well, we'll have to search everywhere. Everywhere. Mm. And it's it would take be a hot faster minute. if they all three searched independently, but Dean is feeling both threatened and protective, so it's not It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I uh, know. I did enjoy this scene immensely. Immensely. I like because... seeing Joe so antsy, like playing with her knives, going over the blueprints... Well, because she is nervous because this is her first hunt, and she Mm -hmm. definitely wants to show that she can do the job, but it's not helping. Maybe it is helping that Dean is being such an ass swallow right now because she's having to defend herself and stand up and say, like, yes, I did a great job. I know how to do this. You undermining me isn't going to fix any of that. And you're also seeing a little bit how... Dean's a little bit intimidated by her while at the same time almost feels like she's posing. Because we gotta say, the actress playing Joe demonstrates fantastic knife handling skills in this episode. Oh, absolutely. I I can't help but wonder if it's from her time in the Israeli Defense Force. Duh! It has to be. I mean, at the time when I first watched. could pick up knife skills as a hobby. But right. one can only assume it's it's from her prior experience in a defense force. Defensive I mean, knives. She came by her skill legitimately. <laughs> oh, she's maybe stabbed somebody before. I don't we don't know. I don't know. We don't I know. just think she's hardcore and I love it. And because Dean loves it at the hardcore. same time. <laughs> <sighs> but seen- yeah, like, I I definitely felt that that edge of Dean thinking well because a part of it is that Dean doesn't know Joe Dean only knows the Joe that carries a serving tray you know he doesn't know Mm -hmm. the Joe that does the research he's never seen her knife collection or any of that stuff he just thinks she's a waitress and so he sees all this as posing but at the same time intimidated by her expertly just flinging this knife back and forth across her hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. She is a I love it. to be reckoned with. She's a real pistol. <laughs> oh, I hated that. <sighs> As Dean and Joe scan the walls, 
She calls him on his shit, and he accuses her of romanticizing the life. This does lead to a good discussion about the hunting life versus regular life. Mm-hmm. Dean says... You don't throw things like that away. It might be hard to find later. Because once you're in the life, you don't ever really get out. And he's saying, you're not really in it. So you won't really... <laughs> might be hard to find later on, like... Having a life outside of hunting gets harder and harder to get back to once you leave it. Why? They never really explore that. I mean, because when it's, I think it partly has to do with like the power, the knowledge, but it also has to do with like protecting people or like the addiction. Like for some hunters, it's just the addiction of like, well, these are things that I can kill because it's right of me to do so. Um, but then you have the hunters that are addicted to saving people. Like, they can't just leave people defenseless. <clears throat> but it's definitely not a life for everyone. True. For everyone. So I feel like if you are drawn to it in the first place, it's a good fit. Yeah. You know? I agree. I agree. I just feel like that's if- the point Dean was trying to make. He was like, you know, I want more for you. And she's like... Don't tell me what to do. This this is my choice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking if I, Kindle, were to learn that ghosts and stuff were real, I don't know that it would change my life so much, except that maybe I would be like Spider-Man and I would protect my town, you yeah. know? <laughs> You're a friendly neighborhood hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I threw on that accent, but... Because it was amazing, and I loved it. I went a little Robin Hood slash Spider-Man. I feel like you went like 20s news announcer. (laughs) And it was beautiful. They smell a smell that smells smelly. Smelly. It's familiar to (laughs) Dean. Um, Her EMF doesn't go off when she's standing in the hallway, but it does when she gets, like, right up against the vent. And, like, the way the camera hand from inside the vent was almost like our monster was a rat or a mouse. Um, Dean, for It some looked reason, like a very upset cameraman was stuck inside a vent. He's like, no, I'm not ready for this shot. Uh, get away from me! <laughs> um, Dean happened to have a screwdriver handy and like, mm-hmm. he... He has so many tools handy this episode, I don't get it. <laughs> but he reaches his arm in there and I feel like later on in the show he gets more skeeved out by reaching his hand into strange places and Hannah know. he sticks his whole damn arm into the wall and I highly disapprove it's so bad uh, did he, he never watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom <sighs> I guess I mean he he would have he seems like he would have he definitely anyway. would have, so why did he do this? Especially when all you're gonna do is grab gross shit. Yeah, he finds a bit of scalp and hair. As, as you do when searching vents with your whole arm. Ugh. Ugh. Also, Joe is so damn lucky because the ghost straight up scalped this poor woman. Joe yeah. just loses a little handful. This other lady lost her whole damn head. Yeah. That can kill you, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, head wounds bleed more profusely than others. Well, in another apartment, we see another blonde woman arriving home, checking her mail. You know, the usual. 
and then some ectoplasm drips down to her mail, and the lights flicker the whole shebang, and she is now also regretting her choice in apartment rentals. And I am regretting the one area they neglected to look into, which was the building they were fucking investigating. Because apparently it didn't occur to our hunters to scout the building and make sure there were no other blonde women living there. <sighs> this is on the hunters. Mm-hmm. This is on them. They were right there. They were right there the whole time. Didn't hear a damn thing. Well, I'm also going to blame this lady a little bit. <clears throat> because she sees fingers creeping through the grate. And the solution to this is to just stand there and scream. So she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Next morning, Joe reveals that she hogged the bed for nothing <laughs> since she didn't even use it. He wakes to the sound of sirens, but doesn't assume it's about their thing for some reason. Isn't it always their thing? What? Like, when an ambulance drives by, when sirens are going by, it's their thing. But Dean wakes up to the sound of sirens and doesn't assume it's their thing. Oh, there were sirens? Yeah, he wakes to the sound of sirens. Oh, shit, I missed it. Oh, well, you know who didn't miss it? Sam. Sam, Sam didn't miss it. He did just throw all the coffee he had gotten into the trash so that he could find out what was going on. But he didn't miss the sirens, and he knew they were for him. But if you, the observant viewer, are noticing that Sam's a little absent in this episode, um, mm -hmm. it's because he went to the people who make the show and was like, um, hey, my arm is broken. Could I, like, have a day off? So, yeah. Yeah, but you got to do at least half of the episode. Half the episode. We'll give you half a day off. <laughs> so, instead of, you know, asking questions or, hey, what's up with this knife and what the little knife flippy thing is or where did you learn that? And instead of any of that, he's like, if you want to hang with the big dogs, here's a big knife. Oh, that's here's a, knife. a better knife. Ugh. And so she trades. She's like, all right, I'll take this one. You can look at mine. And Dean realizes, oh, shit, this was daddy's knife. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn. And he feels like a proper ass, like he should. And this is the moment when Dean stops being so much of a douchebag. Because they're, they swap their daddy stories and Dean actually listens and... The reason why Joe is so drawn to the hunting life is because it's what her dad did and it's a way that she can get to know her dad better and feel connected to him. And finally, Dean's like, damn, I respect that. Dean was six years old when John first took him shooting. That's only two years after Mary's death. And Joe, pigtails is not an age. It's a hairstyle that can be worn at any age. Proceed. Yeah, sometimes Joe can pepper her own conversation, her own language with some uh, unloving terminologies towards women. Um, my question, though, about the whole shooting thing with John, though, the bottles on the fence. Doesn't Sam do this later with Adam? Yeah, I think so. I, I think down with too. him. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. But still, if we get to that episode and it's 
actually bottles on a fence. I will give the writers the tiniest of kudos for remembering their own canon. Yes. But none of this matters right now because we can't have a sentimental moment without a brotherly interruption. So, Sam burst in with the news. Another woman has disappeared. Dun, dun, dun. He busts in like, you guys should know those sirens are for us. (laughs) Didn't you hear the sirens? God, it's our siren call. Like it's literally a siren call. We we follow we follow the sirens, probably to our death. But you know it's okay. I'm just gonna go back over here. Dean gets off the phone with Ash and comes in with all the info on the most recent victim, Teresa Ellis, apartment two F. Boyfriend reported her missing at dawn. Apparently, apparently. Uh, I mean, Dean could be lying. (laughs) Ash could be lying. (gasps) What if everybody's lying? Her name isn't even Teresa. They missed something in all their research, but Joe spots it. The building next door was a prison, so she calls Ash. Joe threatens Ash with some pliers in the hopes that he won't breathe the word of this to Ellen. Uh Uh-huh. She gets the name of the prison, the year it was opened, or the years it was open, and now knows that they hung prisoners in the field this apartment was built on. So, Sam gets out his laptop and finds 157 people were put to death in the field. But instead of going through and ruling out everyone else, he spots Herman Webster Mudgett. Which Smarty Pants Sam knows as H.H. Holmes, the infamous serial killer's real name. So it's time to name Name that that monster. monster! got to nerd out now we're going to nerd out it's time for a horrible history lesson folks <laughs> now is it horrible because of the subject matter or is it additionally horrible due to the delivery we'll have let's to see. find out let's find out first a quick debunk dean mentions chloroform Ugh, who knows? We know for a fact it happened one time, but like after the death, supposedly, I don't know, it's a whole thing. You look it up. America's first serial killer? Uh, I'm gonna say no, but maybe the first famous one? Death toll over a hundred, Sam? No way, Jose. That is most likely fiction born out of years of this story being expanded for Pulp Fiction, as though the truth isn't gruesome enough. And that... The dude's favorite kill was blonde ladies. Not that I could see. He was a pretty indiscriminate guy. Yeah, was... and that and that crossover fic I read, it was um, skinny brown-headed boys. All right, seriously, now, that fanfic just didn't like women. It just didn't like women. Okay. They're like, the problem with that episode No Exit was that there was a woman there. There were too many women. Too many vaginas in the story. Too many no. vaginas. So let's talk about Herman Webster Mudgett, more notoriously known as H.H. Holmes. He was a serial killer who confessed to a multitude of murders, but only nine were confirmed. So we know he was a little overzealous in his bragging rights because some of the people he claimed to have killed were still alive. So, um, yeah. He lived in the 1800s. He graduated from medical school. 
So he knew all about them bodies. And he changed his names to Holmes when he went to Chicago because he didn't want to be connected to all the scams he had pulled in Philadelphia. Because yes, people, we are dealing with a Dr. Conman. In fact, he claims to have used cadavers from school for insurance fraud. So that mm. was a that's a big thing for him. Yeah. And before he even went to Chicago, the suspicions of death and disappearances of boys were already showing up, showing up around him. Like, it was not good. Not to mention, he already had a wife who left him. And that wife, they never got a divorce. And by the time he was caught and hanged, he had two other wives, one in Illinois and one in Colorado. Gosh. The jerk. All right, so he abandoned his first wife and child, scam on his heels, he moves to Chicago. He was actually hardworking and successful, and he used that success to buy the land across from his job, constructing the infamous mixed-use two-story building there. Five years later, he began building a third floor on the building, claiming he wanted to use it as a hotel for the upcoming Columbian Exposition. And I'm guessing that was the World Fair that people talk about. All right. Well, anyways, now he's a con man, right? So you know mm -hmm. he's not going to pay for that third floor. No. And he wasn't going to pay for any of it. He was already, like, up to his neck in people claiming, like, oh, you stole my money, blah. And then at some point when the third floor was being worked on and not being finished, people noticed that that he was stealing their furniture that they were supposed to be using to furnish the rooms, that he was stealing other materials. And when they went to go investigate, like, yo, why are you stealing my stuff? Let me go look around here. Oh, you have chutes in this room that drops down to the basement. Huh. So I go to the basement, and it and there's acid pits and a crematorium and lime vats and stuff like that. Mm. And so they went to go report on him, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're like, we're trying to build you a hotel, and instead it looks like a creepy murder place. Well, before any investigating officially can be done, the place just mysteriously burns down. What about that? Suspicious. The whole dang thing just burnt Suspicious. right down. Suspicious. Ain't that weird? Ain't that weird? Suspicious. Now... In this time of Chicago in the murder house, we can't say for sure how many people were killed in this time. Because, like we said, acid, lime, crematorium. Apparently he would donate skeletons. Like, who knows? I Again, people, I skip. I skip. All right. But the pattern of the people we know he disappeared <laughs> is pretty easy to spot. If you dated the dude, you're dead. If you were the child of the lady who dated the dude, you dead. Yeah. So, in it, because in addition to his three wives, this man had like a rotating door of girlfriends who were just all conveniently never heard from again. Yeah. Suspicious. Suspicious. Also, when by the time he died, he died at the age of thirty-four. So he was like my age. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, we lived in a different time where. You know, people could just, like, build things willy-nilly, hire a bunch of... And you just murder people willy-nilly. easier to con and murder just willy-nilly. I mean, he was a busy dude. He got a lot of terrible shit done in his short life. Well, speaking of, he fled to Texas 
because, you know, everybody was hounding him for not having paid anybody for that whole building that had just burned down and that I think he collected the insurance money on. Still. And he fled to Texas where he had (coughs) inherited property from a young woman who um, just can't be reached at the moment. Yeah. Her sister also just, mm, no, last we heard she was going to Europe. That's, that's the last we heard of her. Yeah. Well, he wanted to build another little mansion castle thing for all the murders like he had done in Chicago. But before he could start building, he done got arrested for some scamming. Well, in jail, what is a man to do? but concoct some more series of fake-your-death-for-insurance-money schemes. Because that's what you do, right? Yeah. And once he was out, he convinced his partner in scam and crime and maybe murder (laughs) crime. I mean, who knows? We'll never know what all crimes his partner was involved in because he convinced his partner to fake his death so that they could split the insurance money. Only then the death wasn't fake. Uh, Holmes later confessed to chloroforming his partner and setting the fire while he was still alive. But hey, at least now it's not fraud. It's a real death. Yeah, I mean, hey. Hey, he's not, for once, he wasn't lying. Uh, and there are more details about the chloroform on this. If you really care, you can go read it by yourself. All right. Go do so your own research for once, listen. God, for once. <laughs> to add to all of this fuck it upness. The dead partner's widow, uh, Holmes manipulated her out of three of her five children, eventually killing all three horrifically and leading the poor mother on a goose chase for her husband and children. Mm. And I'm not getting into all the gory details of this because I just, I don't want to. It's a lot of horrible, gruesome child death that is just not... It's not even spooky. It's just straight up, it's horrifying. So, again, if you want all the gruesome details on how Mr. Holmes killed people, as if acid pits and lime pits aren't enough. There's a whole documentary on Netflix. There's books and books about how bizarre this guy was. And psycho. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Jeez. Well, there were detectives searching for her missing children, and they did find their bodies... And they were suspicious of Holmes because, you know, he was the last person known to have them. So they held him on charges of horse theft that they were able to find in Texas. So they're like, ha, we can get you on this and hold you. Until they were able to uh, convict him of something more. They, from what I could see, he didn't hang for any of the murders he had done in Chicago. Or for the three children he had just gruesomely murdered. No, he was... Uh, hung for the crime of killing his partner. Because I I guess none of his confessions could be held up in court because he literally confessed to things that could be proven to not be true. Like, oh yeah, I I killed Kendall. Kendall's breathing right there. Nope, she's dead. Totally, totally killed her. (sighs) He even claimed to have killed somebody he, like, I guess went to school with, and they went and found that guy, and he was like, no, I'm alive, I'm over here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like why because <laughs> he's a con man because he's a con man um he was held at the Mesopotamic county jail whatever and hung there 
And the boys were right. He was buried in cement at his request because he figured people would be pissed enough to fuck with his corpse, which really he deserved for all the fucked up shit he did in life. Anyways, because of all this brouhaha around his death, people were like, I don't think he's really dead. I mean, he's such a con artist. It would be like him to pull off this last con, right? Yeah. So his body was actually exhumed for DNA testing in 2017. And it actually is him. And because it was encased in cement, and this is cool, I guess bodies encased in cement are kind of like mummies in a weird way because they don't decompose properly. And everything was super well preserved, even his mustache. And his clothes and everything were still, like, pretty fucking pristine. But yeah, it's really him dead in there. And if it makes anyone feel better, he died very, very, very slowly. Yay! And that concludes... Name! Name! Now that Dean remembers what chloroform smells like, and quick aside, why does Dean know what chloroform smells like? Here's my theory. What's your theory? John worried about his kids being kidnapped away from him chloroformed his children repeatedly to help them build up a resistance. Resistance. Oh, that fucker. I mean, I don't know if you can build a resistance to chloroform, but you think Dean would be a little more quick to recognize a scent considering there's so much childhood trauma associated with it. Whatever. Yeah. So the case should be simple, salt and burn. Which, funny how there's now a whole term for an act the boys weren't even aware of existed until, like, the episode with the non-gendered hook person. Uh, anyway, the yeah. Ooh, oh, boys. Did you notice that the photograph of the victim, H. H. Holmes, was said to have murdered, was actually a photograph of Jack the Ripper's victim, Elizabeth Stride, from 1888. I did you <laughs> did you know that? I did not catch that specifically, but it's interesting though because I didn't include it in uh my blah 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 because it wasn't really that relevant but there were a lot of people i guess holmes and jack the ripper were contemporaries and there was enough of a gap in time in holmes's killing spree to have allowed him to have traveled to london <laughs> to yeah, there's that kill people and holmes was a doctor so he would have been able to it is in no way substantiated, but hey, there is a History Channel documentary on it, but I couldn't find, I couldn't even find in my very brief, brief Google search, a website that says, here is the case for why people think Jack the Ripper and Holmes are the same person. Right. So I didn't include it. But yeah, there was, there's, there is a, yeah, there. that's why they included it, I guess. Or maybe they just did really shitty research like I did. <laughs> Well, it's not as simple as a salt and burn, because remember all that concrete? Yeah. yeah. Sam also points out the complication of that one time when Holmes created his own murder maze to kill people at his leisure. So they split up two two and one to now research inside the walls. Dean's manly burliness is quickly an issue, because walls tend to be 
narrow. Tight squeeze. We also get an insight into Dean's masturbating habits as Joe squeezes past him to go investigating. Oh, I should have cleaned the pipes. I just... Oh, Kendall, I knew you were going to say something about it. I knew you would. But I honestly... This was the first that I caught it. Like, of all the times that I've seen this episode, that's the first time that I was like, oh, I know what he uh, means. Your world, you're worldly enough now <laughs> to catch on to the subtleties of sexuality. <laughs> he wh- he whacks it. Ugh. Uh, Joe can fit farther up than he can, so she goes ahead, keeping in contact with Dean via cell phone. After she goes down... Oh, oh, sorry. Speaking of noticing things, it's like traveling back in time with this show, sometimes I swear. Oh, right. The phone? They were using the ancient Motorola walkie-talkie feature. Remember when they tried to make that a thing? (laughs) Before texting? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Blast uh, from the freaking past, man. And this is like the one time they use it. I think in the future they just get actual walkie-talkies. <laughs> or phones. You know, they just use phones. What am I talking about? Who needs walkie-talkies when you got phones? After she goes down the floor, Dean goes around to meet up with her. Ectoplasm comes after her, though, and her phone goes all static uh, and she screams. Dean breaks ah! down the wall, but she's gone. Yeah, I do love that it's once again Dean versus a door, a wall, and he's like, if I could just hack it down in time. No! My yeah. shitty wall door busting skills have prevented me from saving the day. Where's my mommy's ghost when I need her? Well, Dean is self-flagellating himself (laughs) and is all full of angst, he bumps into Sam. And Sam is like, no, we got this. The walls are empty. That's okay. No problem. We just got to reassess. And of course, of course, this is the moment where Ellen calls. She knows you lied and she wants to talk to her daughter. And she calls bullshit on any new lie Dean tries. And Dean quickly caves in and decides to give her the truth. And Ellen is... Well, she's a mom. And apparently she doesn't trust Winchesters. So that's news to us. So she's going to head over. And Dean is, well, a Dean. (laughs) Yeah. So Sam has to go all soft voice on him to calm him down. It's okay. You couldn't have done anything different. It's okay. You are loved. You are treasured. You're too precious for this world. You are too precious for this world. Dean's like, I ain't got time for this soothing bullshit. Just tell me my options. And Sam points out, you know what? Holmes loved basement. Dean's like, but there's no basement. Sam's like, no, but there's a sewer. And Dean's like, cool, let's go. Yeah, let's just don't even finish your sentence. Just fucking go. We've got a mama on our heels and we cannot let her down because we will die. But more importantly, Joe will die and that would be worse. Which, as we've seen from Dean, like, he would rather give his own life to save gold medal cancer lady. So, Mm -hmm. 
you know. We cut to Joe, and she's waking up. She's lying down. Luckily, she's got her flashlight. Unluckily, she's in a coffin of some sort. And she has one single moment of fear and self-pity before she buckles that shit down and she focuses on surviving. Mm-hmm. She calls out, and here's the other woman, Teresa, and tries to reassure her. This won't make you feel better, but I'm here to rescue you. It works somewhat. But now the ghost approaches and reaches through the coughing thing and rips out a clump of that blonde hair. I, for a moment, did not recognize our Miss Joanna Beth because we had never heard her scream before like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm so proud of her. She really does her best not to freak out at the claw marks on the thing above her. Oh. Um. Really felt How for is her. she not claustrophobic and damaged and scarred for life because of this? Because I sure would be. Oh, absolutely. Like, when he oh, shit. touches her. Ugh. Ugh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The boys are looking for the basement sewer with a metal detector and a shovel. They find it. It's daylight. It's daylight. Outside in the daylight, the boys are looking for the basement sewer with a metal detector and a shovel. I only point that out because in Providence, Sam was very clear about how ghosties only come out at night. The ghosties only come out at night. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's not night. The hatch it's not night time. What you strange, know? The hatch opens up to a strange sort of ladder and nasty bugs are crawling around in the dark. It's got to be hard to descend all those stairs into the sewers with a gun in one hand and a cast or a flashlight in the other. But I gotta say, I really do appreciate the realness of having Mr. Padalecki in a cast over several episodes, because I feel like if they were to play this show a little more realistic, you would see these boys being hurt and injured more long-term than we do. Uh, for instance, like when Dean had a broken leg, I'm pretty sure that shit lasted one episode. Mm. Yeah. Joe, meanwhile, is trying to use her Israeli defense muscles to kill Bill her way out of the coffin. Yeah, she's a pistol. <laughs> After getting tired, she looks through the slat and sees H.H.'s mouth as he says, You're so pretty. So Ugh. beautiful. And Joe tells him to go to hell. It's like the ghost version of, You should smile more. You're so pretty. It's like, yeah. Ugh. He starts touching her, and she turns around, and she cuts him with pure iron. Daddy's knife was good for more than just show, and for flipping around. The boys are exploring in the dark, while Joe waits with her knife. Teresa asks if he's gone, and Joe starts to answer when H.H. knocks her knife away and covers her mouth. The boys come in just in time and blow H.H. away with rock salt. They get Joe and Teresa free. Joe says she's been better, and Dean says she's not out yet. That her being bait is now the only option. I simultaneously love and hate Dean's tendency to yell, hey, before he shoots anybody. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, he just doesn't, you know, it's his sense of fair play. It's his sense of fair play. He doesn't believe in getting a surprise shot. (laughs) 
Well, like, especially with the striga, because yeah. you're supposed to kill it while it's feeding. And so if you interrupt its feeding, it kind of, like, nulls it. Yeah, Sam should be dead. Absolutely. They both Ugh. should. All right, so Joe's going to be bait now. Which, hey, it's what she wanted all along, right? It was, this is really just her plan. So the boys shouldn't get in trouble with Ellen for this. It's not their idea. And she's, she's waiting in the poop hub. Just waiting. And I rewatched this whole scene again because they are so, so careful while shooting this that you don't see the edges of this room. They're either shooting up on Joe or they're shooting through the bars, uh, the grates. Mm-hmm. Where one of the bars blocks the edge where wall meets floor. So even we, the viewer, don't know. So we, the viewer, don't know what's going to happen. And even we, the viewer, sitting here recording, was like, wait, where did all the rest of that salt come from? They only shot the one thing. So let's get to it. Uh, Holmes, Holmesy, Dr. Conman, for all that he has laid traps and scams and cons all his life, apparently can't spot one made for him. Mm-mm. He approaches Joe so slowly, and Joe is just, like, <sighs> breathing and trying to calm herself down and being a phenomenal person that I am falling in love with more every moment. Mm-hmm. And right when he's almost on her, Dean again yells unnecessarily for her to get out of the way, and they shoot a single target that releases a tarp that unravels and drops salt right in front of the door where Holmes emerged from and completes a salt circle that Holmes is now trapped in. And he's a... Sorry. He's a little sad. He's a little sad. Mm -hmm. You would think he would have been able to sense, hey, I can only come in through this one door now. I wonder why that is. (sighs) Oh, no worries. I just want to go get that pretty lady. You know what? He was thinking with his downstairs brain. Not his upstairs brain. Mm-mm. He was thinking with his Virginia Slim. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, back out in the daylight. Because, yes, it is still daylight. Mm-hmm. It is still daylight. That ghost was out in daylight. Sam tries to give her the whole, hunting sucks, right? Like the same one that he gave to Sarah. And this time it definitely doesn't work. She is down with the sickness. Mm-hmm. And this is how I would like to think that Jess would have reacted if yeah. she had been included in this from the get-go. Shut up, Sam. We saved someone. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> what would I? What would I do without you? Well, you wouldn't salt and burn. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> but wait. That salt can move because of the power of nature. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to bring in a cement mixer, of course, duh. Because cement definitely doesn't react with water at all. And it definitely won't just fill up that first little section alone. (laughs) We totally know how cement works in this hunting world. Right? Can we just talk real quick? Yeah. Either these boys had a very secret discussion away from Joe on how to 
completely resolve this situation without Joe catching on, or Dean they, disappeared on a mission and Sam somehow knew exactly the plan. They were discussing while she was baiting. Okay, okay. All right. All right. I got you. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was welcome. really upset about this. I was okay. Um, and well, I do want to. So mad if I had just said it's supernatural. It's supernatural. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I love. I am. I am proud of them though, because season one, Sam and Dean would have just left the salt circle and been like, "Job well done. <laughs> we got them. <laughs> High five. Walk off into the sunset. Yeah. Well, it's a full car and a quiet car on the road back to the roadhouse, and Dean. Hates the awkward silence so, so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much. <laughs> I think we really learned something about Dean here. He doesn't enjoy the silence. Mm-mm. He does not. Once back at the roadhouse, Dean tries to offer words of support for Joe, but Ellen tells them to hit the fucking road. She needs to talk to her daughter. It's not just that she's scared of Joe hunting, it's also that it extra sucked that the first time she goes out hunting, it's with a Winchester. And moments later, Joe storms out, and of course, the busybody boys are still there. And Joe sees them, and you would think she's making eyes at Dean like we've got to talk, but I guess she was... Not doing that? Not not the shining moment of acting from our brilliant Israeli warrior. But Dean confronts her and is like, yo, what's up? She's like, fuck off. He's like, fine, I'll fuck off. And then she's like, no! I gotta tell, tell you, you the secret! That hunt where my daddy died, it was his first time working with some with a partner. And you know who that partner was? It was John Winchester, and he fucked up, and it killed my dad. So I want you to fuck off. And that's where our episode ended. And and Dean looks like some kind of guilty as the episode fades out. And I'm like... Guilty and confused. What happened then doesn't have anything to do with what's happening now, but fine. Emotions are unruly. And unruly and unreasonable. Yeah. You know what else is unruly and unreasonable? The supernatural? Themes! Oh, the themes! Of course, I should have known. I've got a lot of themes. Oh, good, because I'm definitely feeling the... We're beginning to break away from our formula... And we're playing Mm -hmm. around with it in a way that's really new and interesting. But it's hard to find all those consistent themes just yet, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So why don't you start with a theme? A thema. Thema. Roadhouse. Ding, ding, ding. The roadhouse. Which apparently is not in a lot of episodes. Because I did my very minimal research wherein I was like, wait... The Roadhouse is in Nebraska? Let me look up the Roadhouse. Oh, the Roadhouse is in like six episodes? What? 
And according to according to the supernatural Wikia, um, Mr. Fancy Pants who made this show, apparently he did not like the Roadhouse. Huh. It's and uh, this this claim is not substantiated. I think it's more of a rumor. But if he didn't like it, I would be curious to know why. Because I would have loved a below the decks roadhouse centric episode oh, so yeah. much. I mean, we had an Impala centric episode. I would have loved a roadhouse centric episode. Yeah, and we have the uh, like the boys video barely camera. in it at all. They just pop in a couple of times between hunts. <laughs> yeah, we we had saw that also with the uh, werewolf episode with the video cameras. Yeah, 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 the first um, person camera. I want to say there was a Ghost Facers episode like that, but maybe I'm thinking of the extra Ghost episode. The whole episode was Ghost Facers. It, it wasn't an episode of Supernatural. It was an episode of Ghost Facers. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, yeah. Where Castiel comes out of the closet. Ha <laughs> <laughs> That was um Yeah, that was a special online where he where he Okay, I don't know spaces. what I'm talking about. I barely even watched the show. <sighs> Fine, tell um, me a theme, Kindle. Daddy issues. Oh, I didn't have that. Uh, Joe's got the daddy issues. Dean's Sam got the and daddy. Dean got the daddy issues. We gotta talk about our daddies. Daddy? Daddy? Um, yeah. I had a theme of kidnapped. Oh. There was some... I did not catch... Okay. Oh. Because I was thinking of, you know, people kidnapping people. But you're right. Ghosts can kidnap people, too. Mm-hmm. Joe got kidnapped. Joe definitely got kidnapped. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have the theme of protective Dean. Aww. Big Brother Dean being like, you're my brother, and you're my brother, and you've got boobs, but you're my brother too. Everybody's I, my brother except Adam. I don't trust Adam. <laughs> I had a theme of lying. Lying to mm. Ellen. Liar! Liar! You know, you start sentence with, true this, liars. So much lying from Dean. I mean, and we'll see... I was just reminded of the high school episode mm-hmm. where we see high school Dean, who I did not think was a great map for young Jensen, in my personal opinion. But even then, in high school, we see him practicing his Leong, and yeah, it's like second nature for poor Dean to lie. He's not very good at it, though, which is shocking. <laughs> yeah. No, the Michael no. Jackson disease? Come on, dude. Wow. <clears throat> um, Ellen and it? Joe. It's an Eljo episode. It's an Eljo episode. Yep. Which I cannot believe the difference in my opinion. I always loved Ellen. It was harder for me to buy into Joe, and I think it's because the first time watching this through, I was definitely much more empathetic with Dean and his reasonings and his thought processes. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm watching it 
really rewatching it for the first time in yeah, at least he's seven like, years. You, know, you have no experience in us rewatching. We see how inexperienced the boys are. And so for them to be telling her, oh, well, you know, you have no idea what it's like out there. Th- th- they're finding out every day what it's like out there and how ill prepared they are. Mm hmm. Well, even just that uh, flashback we had and the recap of Dean disarming Joe and her punching him. And how the first time I watched that, I was like, ugh, another girl character that gets bested by the dude. But now rewatching it, I'm seeing, oh, she let him take it. She was the one getting the drop on him, and she was in control of that situation the whole time. Mm-hmm. And my estimation of her just going up by leaps and bounds. And it just makes me so much more excited for future Ellen and Joe, future Harvell episodes. Future Harvell episodes. Mm-hmm. Harvell Industries. Uh, I had a <laughs> I had a theme of breaking and enter. I did too, but did you get the get the extra little theme there? I was so I I rewound a little bit to make sure they broke and entered with lockpicks. <laughs> lockpicks. It's a theme. Lockpicks. You could just <laughs> barely see Sam. You know, he is awkwardly holding it with his cast, and because of that, you can barely see the little <laughs> package as he's sliding the picks back into the case. <laughs> but I was like, ha they're there! <laughs> um, my last little themey theme was Mr. John Winchester, Papa John, burning them bridges. Because mm-hmm. he could have gone back and restored that relationship i don't the the impression i got and of course we don't know the whole story um the impression i got though was it was an accident he fucked up but it was an accident but he would rather wallow in his guilt than do anything that resembles redemption yeah like i I think similar to dean and sam got this a little bit too they they think they deserve the bad things that happen in their life and I think they get that from John. I have a yeah. lot more themes. Oh my gosh, this show's gonna take forever. No. <laughs> What's up? Um, I have a theme of we've looked into less. Yes. It's a trap. Yes. It's, a trap. it's a trap. It's a trap. Um, telling someone not to get started hunting or to get out while they can. Oh, that is going. Oh, you're so good. That is gonna be the hugest theme of all the themes we've mentioned so far. I tell you, I did really good on this episode. I did so good. Um, I had a theme of Slayer. It's a sewer layer. (gasps) It was a Slayer. Yes, son. All right, and I have two more. Okay, Uh, okay. Destiny slash breaking the rules. Uh, Joe wanting to follow her father and disobey her mother. Okay, okay, yeah. Following a destiny and breaking the rules. Um, And last but certainly not least, the awkward family car ride. It's a thing. I'm trying to think of how many more of those we're going to have, but at least between Sam and Dean. There was the one where you had um, the whole family in the car and and one person in the car didn't know they were all family. Um, I feel like having the. when Sam and Dean go back to the past, like not just Dean, but the oh, both of them do, and they're all in yeah, the car, yeah, yeah, and John's yeah, yeah. like, I will turn this vehicle around. And even though they weren't all family, when they had the angel and the demon, when they had Anna 
and Meg in the back seat, and Dean's all like, well, we got an angel and a demon in the back of the car. Um, that was an awkward family car ride. I don't care who you are. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, all right. I'll be interested to keep an eye out for awkward family car rides. All right. It's a theme. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh the one where you got Cass and Kevin in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a theme. All right, I'm excited to continue this theme. But right now, I'm super excited to learn, Hannah, whom loved the supernatural so well, what did you hate? I hated the way they tried to frame Joe and Dean, like the semi-flirty, like, I, I realized that Sam didn't have a lot of screen time because of his hand, but it was almost as though they were trying to give Joe and Dean a lot of screen time. I don't know. You see, I, I distinctly remember, again, long time ago, first time watching this, I felt the Joe and Dean vibes. I definitely was picking up on that. This time, however, I don't see I it. didn't get any of that. I saw it as a very sibling-like relationship. Yeah, And same. the only time it got a little weird was when she was literally rubbing, like, her whole body against him to try and squeeze past him. Again, not trying to be sexual, just trying to squeeze past him. And then that one comic comment, which honestly, if a dead goat had rubbed up against him that hard, (laughs) (laughs) he might be wondering about his poor pipes. (laughs) But I agree. I, they do like, there's that, there's going to be a point in the future where they will kiss. And I hated it then. And I know I'm going to super hate it now. Yeah, because that's not how they interacted. That's not how they worked together. That's Mm -mm. not their relationship. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I love Joe and Dean's relationship as it is. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't don't think that they should have hooked up, you know? It definitely makes me want to go read fanfic just to cleanse the air, cleanse my palate, cleanse my brain. I need some fanfic Clorox. Tell me what you hated, Kindle. I actually struggled a little bit to find something to hate in this. Um, yeah, same. Which is surprising because, you know, there's usually something. What I hated is I hated how they ended it. I feel it would have been better to have ended it on Ellen's emotional cliffhanger. Yes. And to have... The boys haven't driven off and not being fucking busybodies. And then next time they come visit, it being super fucking awkward and de- digging into this a little bit more. Yes, that would have been better. Um, partially because I, I didn't like the acting between, like, because I feel like Mr. Ackles and Miss Tall both weren't on their A game in this scene in terms of acting. I, I, I can't really say I'm not an actor, I mean, so I don't honestly, know. When she told him to fuck off, and he was like, "All right, I'll fuck off then." Like, did I, it feel stiff to you? Because it felt, it felt it felt stiff to me. Like it felt like I wouldn't have asked him to come back. It was like, oh, so you're just gonna go then? Fine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's the that's the reaction I I expected. Yeah, and it was like they wanted to drop the bomb, but it wasn't even that big of a bomb. Because we, the viewer, already figured it out. We're not idiots. We can piece it together. And it doesn't even leave you wondering where this relationship's going to go. Because 
they've been alone and on their own this long, you know, I don't know. I feel like it would have been more engaging and more interesting if they had just left it with Ellen turning to Joe about to tell the secret. And then we leave and we're like, oh, what's the secret? We're going to tune in next week to find out what it is. And then we have two secrets to wonder about. Yeah, so many secrets! And then we tune in next week. And that is the problem with this show, though. They like to drop the secrets a little too quickly. I, yeah. I, I honestly think the Kill Sam reveal, and and we'll see how long it takes to get there, because honestly, we're only six episodes since Secret. <laughs> we're five SS. <laughs> and the, the boys being, uh, Dean being the sword. I think is another good reveal. Oh yeah, and maybe Cass being the big bad of season six. Is it season six? Yeah, you don't find out till the very end. Yeah, that was another good reveal. That was a good one. Those might be the only. Those are the only three good reveals I can think of. Except, I guess, the bomb at the end of season fifteen <laughs> or season fourteen. <laughs> this whole oh. time. <laughs> so dumb. And then he so says dumb. it. I'm kind of just like, well, yeah, Sam. Anyway. Would you like to know what yeah. I loved? Yeah, let's talk. Let's focus on the happy things because this was a good episode. I loved Ellen, even though Aww. I disagree with how she reacts to the boys at the end. Samantha uh-huh. Ferris's acting is phenomenal. So that was almost a nutcracker because I almost chose Ellen because her mom acting it's was so good. Actually, let's look it up real quick. Is I she bet she's a mommy? A mom. I bet she's a mom. Was oh, she a, was you. she a mom by two thousand six? What's yeah. you said her name Samantha Ferris? Samantha Ferris, not F-E- Anna Ferris. There she is. She's Canadian. All right. Um. Wow, it is not saying. So we don't know if she's got kids or not. It's got to be out there somewhere. Just Google. Does Samantha Ferris have kids? I mean, I could contact her agent. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Call her agent. Say we're doing a podcast about Supernatural, and we need to know if she has kids. Does Samantha Ferris have kids? Whoa. Whoa. What? No kids. What? Wow. No kids. Her acting is so phenomenal. Like, I, still, I am convinced Acor- okay, she's a mother because to, she's acting so well. According to MarriedDivorced.com. So, still. She's got that good mommy instinct, I tell you what. Ah, guarantee. I mean, if she's not a mom, she'd make a damn good one. Samantha, if anything ever happened to our mommy, would you adopt us? Please? Please? We need one that's almost as good as her. You don't have the experience, but you got the instinct. You do. Well, I loved... Get this. And get this. Tell me. Joe freaking Harvell. Hell yeah, you did. Miss Tall's acting. Ugh. When she stifled her fear in that coffin. Yes. Oof. Just so good, so powerful. I teared up when she was giving the speech to Dean about her dad and, like, is that so wrong? And I'm like, no, it's not wrong. It's not wrong at all. I feel like the more I watch Joe and the more I learn about the actress who plays her, like, I just, I'm filled with so much respect for Joe that I never knew I could have. And by the closing shot of them next to that cement mixer, I wished 
so fucking hard that I could just go to an alternate reality where the rest of this show became a Dean, Sam, and Joe show. I'd watch that. I would so watch that. I mean, I already wanted the Dean, Sam, and Jess show. You know, you just need a DSJ, all right? That's all you need. That's all you need. And then you're going to throw some C in there because everybody needs a little D and a little C. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm wow. Saying? You're awful. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoyed having such an amazing woman front and center for the whole episode. We had Sarah and Sarah we had Cassie great. and we had Missouri. Missouri's great. But Ain't I don't feel like any of them... I don't, but I don't feel like any of them led the story like Joe did this episode. Right. She was the and star. And granted, of the show. part of that was because Mr. Padalecki had to go grow bones. So <laughs> she had a better opportunity. Skelegro. <laughs> he needed some Skelegro. But yeah. Great episode. Great episode. Great women. Great emotions. Douchey so Dean. Many emotions. What more can you ask for? But I'm going to ask for so much more. So, Hannah. Yes, Kendall. I'm going to ask for the next episode. What is happening on the next episode of Sisters Talk Them Brothers? Open your eyes. Look around you. Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers. Season 2, Episode 7, The Usual Suspects. Dean has been framed for murder. Sam tries to find the one behind it. This... Summary was brought to us by Chris Green. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Chris Green. Well, thank you, Chris. That was Short, sweet, so verbose. <laughs> we know exactly what's going to happen. Dean is going to be framed, and Sam is going to, to lawyer his way out <laughs> of it by solving it. Of course. I, Because of the summary, I have no idea about next episode, and I'm genuinely excited about that. I saw the little screenshot on Netflix, and I see these two sentences, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, there's there's a ghost. I know there's a, a woman detective, and I vaguely ghost. remember her. There's a ghost. And, okay, there's a ghost. I'm pretty, yes, there's a ghost. That's all I got for you. There's a ghost. Well, what more do I need, Hannah? Information. You're so right. I need information, and the information I need is your deets. My deets. My uh, deets. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, you can contact me on Tumblr uh, at Jailbreak Fiend. I love how you have to think every time. <laughs> or, oh shit, where can they find me? <laughs> or Everything Overlord. That's Mamisha blog. Mamisha. Um, we have a tumblr for our podcast it is sisters talk brothers and it's basically our website for now How just for now get in contact with you kindle you can find me on tumblr at kindle abroad or you can go to instagram and find me at kindle 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 or you can reach the two of us just the two of us just we can talk brothers us. if we try just at Sisters Talk Brothers at Jamale.com. Jamale. And that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Joe does solve that mystery. 
So, tune in next week for more monsters. More brothers. Ka-chow. I hate that I do that. <laughs> and more sisters. <sighs> no. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye, y'all.